went to the pub. I had a bit too much to drink. Yes, you did. <laughs> but not too much. I don't actually remember going to bed that night. Well, no, like, I know that it was early, and I know that we were just like, oh, I'm so tired after going out and drinking all afternoon, and I'm just going to go to bed. And that was about half seven, I think. That's really interesting, because it was such a slow afternoon, because we had waitress service, which you had called last week, in last week's episode, you said, do you think there'll be waitress service? Yes. And I said, oh, I'm not sure about that. And there was. But because it took a while, like, normally you'd be at the bar, straight back, at the bar, straight back because it took a little bit of time that meant that we had a gentle afternoon having said that we were the last ones there yeah from our friends and everyone had a beer when they arrived at the table and i had another beer before <laughs> everyone else got... was just look, looking at you going and there's mark having an interim beer yeah yeah just a yeah but wasn't it brilliant to get out again and it, sat it outside was. beer garden see our mates yeah, it was really nice. Um, just a yeah, beer garden, waitress service. Didn't have to stand mm. up all day. Oh, we quite like that. Yeah. Portaloos. Portaloos. Yeah, it was uh, and at a wedding venue, so that was always nice. It's lovely. And yeah. also, when I took our son into our wedding venue, he smiled the entire time it's like when we knew. went to the baby changing. So it made my little heart melt. <laughs> very excited. Like, this is where mummy got married. Oh. So I'm sure he really took all of that in. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> It's been a sad week. Has it? Has it? Why? Yes. All films have been delayed. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tenet um, is never never going to come out. No, Tenet's not coming out. Mulan's not coming out. Oh, Mulan's been delayed as well, has it? Yeah. What is... What, what's going to happen? You know more about this than me. Uh, Bill and Ted First, the music is coming out 1st of September. Oh, and I saw today that that is going to be 78 minutes long. Five stars. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've managed to avoid the trailer, which I'm quite happy about. Mm, I think you've got mixed comments, the trailer. Well. So, yeah, I think it's better just to leave it and mm. to see it when it comes out, which apparently is soon. Yeah, to be honest, I'll just be happy to spend time with them again. Because, yeah. like, I've grown up with them. So, yeah. yeah. And again, going back to our wedding, the band Wild Stallions was one of the tables. Yes, they were. Because we had bands from films and TV as our table names. Yeah, fictional bands. Fictional, yeah. but yeah, not, not, were some real? No, no, they, they couldn't have been. Because no, because they're, they're bands from they're films, bands from... films and TV. <laughs> I can remember, I'm thinking, Marvin Gaye in the Starlight. No, it's not, not Marvin, Marvin Gaye. Gaye. It's not Marvin Gaye. It's not Marvin Gaye. Tell me what it is. Marvin Berry. That's it. Marvin Berry in the Starlight. Marvin Gaye, who died in the early 80s, did not appear in I'm that. I'm really tired. Again. Yes. Shall we get on to telly then? Yes, let's do it. Watching television, watching television. So, we've not watched much together this week. No. But you have mentioned something that interests me, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Something that I've say- never heard of, and it feels like something I should be telling you about. When I said this to you, you went, like, this is the quote, what the F is that? <laughs> like, you didn't even swear, you just said, what the F is that? And I said to you, it's quite that, uncharacteristic. That, yeah, and then, and then I said, that's probably not the right tone to be going for, for this thing that I'm going to talk about. So yeah, it was a um, a documentary called Athlete A. Okay, yeah. It's a 2020 documentary. It's on Netflix. I came across it because I was flicking through Netflix and I think it was like the sixth 
you know they're doing trending things now on Netflix where you can see how many people are well apparently how many people are watching yeah they've got like a chart that's it yeah so it was like six on the chart or or something like that it was fairly near the top and the other ones I just wasn't interested and I had a quick look at it and you know I love a documentary so I had a quick look and I thought oh this might be interesting so 2020 documentary about the sexual abuse emotional abuse physical abuse scandal in USA Gymnastics which is the Olympic organization behind gymnastics in the USA. Oh, okay. That is not what you thought it was, is it? Because your absolutely face not. has just gone. Yeah, I shouldn't have made light of this. Nope, nope, <laughs> absolutely not. Okay. Yeah. So, so, is this a new thing? Is this been out a while, or? So it was meant to be at. It was meant to be premiering at Tribeca. Okay. Which I think is Robert De Niro's film festival yes. in the Tribeca part of. New York, yes. isn't it? Because we've, we've been in that, that part of New York, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, it's the triangle beneath something. Yes, that's why I'm doing a triangle with my with my hands. Yeah, audio feature, love. Great for podcasting. So yeah, it was meant to premiere there, but because of COVID, it didn't. So I'm really, really pleased. That was meant to be in April, and it came out in the end of June. So I'm mm. really pleased that this is on Netflix, because this is a documentary that needs to be seen. Okay. I don't know if you know anything about this, this scandal, that has hit USA Gymnastics. It's been in the news quite a lot. Not at all. Not at all. I mean, I'm okay. aware of similar in um, UK football mm-hmm. recently. Um, there's been quite a lot of convictions recently around this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and still, uh, survivors are coming forward mm-hmm. as part of that. But no, I've... Um, you know what? Now you've mentioned it, it's it rings a bell. But no, mm-hmm. I've not... I, it wouldn't be something that I could bring close to mind. So this is a behind-the-scenes... Sort of as it happened, documentary following the Indianapolis Star, which is the newspaper, it's known as the Indy Star. It's the newspaper that broke the story. The investigative journalists, the team of them, and you see them working behind the scenes, finding um, people who've come forward. They're calling them Jane Doe's because they don't want to be um the name they don't want to be named in the press but yeah. they want to get their story out there and then another one and another one and they've all got the same story and they don't know each other and then the, the same names are coming up and the same mo's and the methods and the way that this abuse has happened to these mm. women and this is going back into like the 70s but also up to which was at the time present day so 2015 16 17 during that that period and and very sadly, some events that occurred during the London Olympics, which really, you know, it's when I say it, it's harrowing. Yes. It's not. It's not harrowing in the way that some documentaries really hang on to the detail. You know, when you just think, oh, they're going to put a load of detail in here that's a bit exploitative, and actually is more for the this is going to be the most grim documentary you've ever seen and sometimes that can feel wrong wrong for the survivors wrong for you know what uh, not necessarily what a documentary should be doing should be focusing on this is harrowing in a different way in that you understand what has happened to these women they are very brave in coming forward and saying but the harrowing parts are little it's those little moments when they say yeah in the in london 2012 in the olympic village yes he was doing that to me and you see pictures of them competing in london and then knowing that that night they were being sexually abused 
mm. by uh, one of the doctors. Yeah. Um, it's it's also harrowing in the the you you get this real sense that this is not a one-off. It is not just one person. This is a cultural issue within. USA Gymnastics, and dare I say it, it's probably in, you know, you've talked about football, it will be in other, particularly elite sports. Yes. Where people are in good faith sending their children off to camps Mm. where they're not allowed mobile phones, you know, up to date, the modern time, obviously they wouldn't have had them anyway. They're not allowed contact with them Mm. and they are with coaches that do not have their best interests at heart. They just want to win. So the coaches are saying to someone, you've been sick um, for the last couple of days and you've lost six pounds, right, okay, but you're still fat. You know, and you've got to keep those six pounds off. Mm. And you're looking at them because they're showing you a lot of um, historic footage of these women competing. And you're looking at them thinking... There is not a scrap of fat on them. They are elite athletes. They're incredibly lean. They're incredibly strong. You know, endurance, athletics, with gymnastics in particular, with the strength and the balance and the coordination, you know, with the, you know, flipping around in the air and flying everywhere. And, you know, it's absolutely amazing what they can do with their bodies. And you look at them, you think, how could anyone say that 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 woman is fat? But this mind games and gaslighting and, you know, I've got a broken toe, I can't compete on it. You haven't got a broken toe. Mm. There's nothing wrong with your toe. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so harrowing is a word that um, I keep using because it, it is, it's hearing those stories and having that, it's having that understanding that, there was so, there's so much going on for these women and they have such long-term consequences. The sexual abuse, but also the emotional, the physical, um, really has gone, you know, it's, it's, they've carried it with them for the rest of their lives and the women in the documentary say that. But it's also incredibly inspiring because, okay. the, you know, in following the reporting, which really felt a lot like Spotlight. Do you remember the film that's, Spotlight? That's what's come to mind, yeah. Yeah, I've... I love I love the documentary style because that's what it felt like. There's one guy who you could totally see Mark Ruffalo playing. He's the <laughs> one that's out there. He's meeting everyone. He's the one who senses that there's something not quite right with this the character that's beloved in his community that does loads of things for, you know, autistic kids and everyone's one he can't possibly be a badden. And clearly mm. he is. You know, he's the one that says, Well actually, you know, I'm I'm gonna pursue this because there's something wrong here. But incredibly inspiring in the way that the women come together, in the way that they try to achieve justice, and in the way that they find a voice and and regain, to a certain extent, the power that they lost, okay. particularly as young women. And a lot of these women, they were, they were kept childlike. They were yeah. physically, but also mentally, not allowed to do things, not given any of their own independence or mm. um or, or autonomy and this is them as you know women in their 30s 40s coming forward and saying actually this happened to me and trying to take that that power back i did not think i would love this documentary as much as i do and saying love the documentary so it doesn't quite sit right with me because of it yeah yeah but this has to be seen because as a parent I'm looking at this thinking if my son was ever to become involved in sport or, you know, not necessarily elite sport, but in these sort of things that I need to be aware that these yeah. things are happening. 
you know, if this is happening in a, at an elite level mm. where people are meant to be the most professional, the most high quality, you know, there's meant to be so many safeguards. These are people who are going to the Olympics, you know? It's yes. got the brand of the Olympics. Mm. Then, you know, we have to be aware that these things could be happening in other, other spaces as well. But also just that message of making sure that children, even if they are incredibly talented, and these women were, that we don't, abuse that talent that we make sure that they're enjoying what they do Mm. and that's the message that i that i took from it as well so i really you know this is i think it's got a hundred percent on rotten tomatoes okay i think people have really got behind it and because the story is continuing and there's more and more coming out now yes um so I'm really glad people are getting behind the documentary, and I hope it it keeps going. Is it a is it a one is it a one parter? Is it? It, it a... is, yeah. But I can see them. I could see them coming back because there's still there's still things to be to to happen here. There are people that need to be brought to account, and a large part of this is is saying, okay, so we've got this, this, and this, mm. but what about these people? What about this part of the organisation and how? Are they really changing culturally? Are they really listening to to what's what's going on? Okay, right. Mm. Hmm. So, really recommend it. It's on Netflix now. Um, steal steal yourself for for it. It is. Um, it can be a difficult watch at times, but I think there's so much to get out of it. Is it a couple of hours long? Oh, honey, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> okay. That that just shows. Did you watch you. it in a one hour? Yeah, yeah, yeah I did. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah, I think it's under two hours. I think it was like an hour and a half, an hour and forty, something like that. Okay, yeah, one forty-three. Oh, there yeah. We go. So yeah. it's a feature. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. But it's brilliant. Okay. What have you been watching? So you looked very confused when I told you about this earlier. <laughs> yeah. So you've been watching Bad Education. Yes. Not the Jack Whitehall. Thing. Oh, right, okay. So what is it? Right. So this is a TV movie. Right. Which sort of paints certain pictures in your mind. Uh-huh. I think probably should just explain for people who don't have Sky Movies. Sky Movies market themselves as having a premiere every day. And it doesn't take a genius to work out. There aren't 365 big movies out each year. <laughs> no. So they tend to have like a big film on Friday... Uh, so this week it is is it Good Boys I think mm. it is or something like that next week it's like Charlie's Angels and the week after it's the Joker yeah oh is it yeah oh amazing yeah <laughs> okay um, <laughs> and then they sometimes have like a sort of a housey film or a second like a smaller film that would have made cinemas on a Saturday or maybe a Sunday but during the week it is largely made for TV mm. straight to DVD movies yeah however this is a HBO film so HBO in the US, you'll have heard of, sort of prestige drama. And they do sort of, between sort of three and ten made-for-TV movies each year. Most of which don't get any traction over here. I think the ones, probably the biggest ones that I can think of are Behind the Candelabra. Oh, right, Which yeah, got a yeah. theatrical run here. Yeah, yeah, it was a great film. Um, going back to the 90s, the Daryl Hannah Attack of the 50-Foot Woman, which oh, also yeah, got a yeah, yeah. theatrical run here. Yeah. But a made-for-TV movie essentially in America. And the other one that kind of stands out when I was looking at the list earlier is uh, Gear, the yes, Angelina, Angelina Jolie, Jolie, which is yes. best known for her kissing Juliet from Lost on yes. it. Yeah. Uh, so this is that, and I think, like I say, a lot of these sort of pass everyone by, but this came out 
just as the country was locking down. Right. So a lot of podcasts that I listened to paid it a lot more attention than they probably normally would for a made-for-TV film. This stars uh, Hugh Jackman and Alison Janney. So, yeah, it's it's somewhere beyond your standard made-for-TV film. And it's a true story about... They play the uh, superintendent and assistant superintendent for a lo- uh, Long Island school system. Do you understand what a superintendent is? I'm going to patronise you here. You are? In, in terms of schools. Is it like... Are you talking about like deputy head or head... So I only know this through The Simpsons, which I know right. you've never seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In America, a superintendent is kind of a head of the LEA equivalent oh, here. Oh, so like the local... Right, so oh, he okay. would look after a number of schools. He yeah. is accountable. Like he is responsible for the headmasters. Right. And But I think in America, they're far more visible and far more responsible. Okay. So at like an executive level looking yes. after a number of schools. Absolutely. Okay. So Hugh Jackman plays a real-life character, uh, Frank Tassoni who has turned this, in particular, high school in Long Island into being the fourth-ranked public school in the whole of America. And that makes him a local celebrity because that Mm. puts up property prices nearby, means the area's getting lots of investment because families want to move there. So he is sort of the golden boy. He is somewhat of a James Bond character in that you can see he is smooth, like... Students walk by him and he's like, "Hi, Johnny, how are you doing? Oh, you're, oh yeah, you're, you're Frank's sister. How's he getting on at the Nims College?" And I can imagine Jackman being brilliant at that because that's him completely. Um, Alison Janney is a little bit more ruffled, but certainly living a life. So this is there is a plot point that is revealed halfway through the film, or certainly a third of the way through the film, but this which is revealed as a surprise, but it's how the film is marketed externally so i'm just going to say it okay whilst being very successful for the film they are embezzling thousands of dollars out of the school system oh okay and and i swear we are not this well organized right this was exposed by the school paper and then went national around yeah yeah look look at that that's that's, that's synergy isn't it (laughs) yeah Genuinely mm. had no idea that you were like genuinely thought it was the Jack Whitehall film. But look, look what's happened. So that's why I had a big smile during your oh, thing. Oh, right, I did wonder. Yeah, given, yeah. The, given, given the, the subject. Topic, yeah. yeah. Okay, so the school paper discovered the, um, and that's why it's yeah. called bad education, right? Yes. Got it. As you would expect, mm. now, I'm not a big Hugh Jackman fan. Okay. I know that everyone loves him playing Wolverine. Mm. He wasn't the Wolverine from the cartoon for me, and I held it against him ever since. Okay, well, who would have you? What was? Who was your Wolverine then? The Wolverine from the cartoon from the nineteen ninety two. No, but who was meant to be Wolverine but wasn't? Oh, um, the Scottish fella. Yeah, who's in Mission Impossible Three? I've got Dermot Murnahan in my head, Newton. which it isn't. Everyone's <laughs> <laughs> like screaming at the thing, but it was meant to be him. The Grey Scott. That's it. Oh, phew. Oh, I'm so pleased you got that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Do Grey Scott. So do Grey Scott. No. Nope. Your... No. No. I want. The cartoon version of Wolverine on my screen. Okay. And I know that's never going to happen. Yes. And yeah. But yeah. yeah, that was how I loved that cartoon. I've since watched it on Disney Plus and it's not as good as I remembered. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he's good. He's a good actor. He's a good script. He's very charismatic. I really like him in Prisoners. And I think he is the perfect choice in The Greatest Showman, which I know you haven't seen. Have you seen Prisoners? No. Oh, interesting. Mm. Oh, okay. He is brilliant in this. Okay. 
this is a character with a lot to hide. He is certainly playing a role. Frank Tassoni was certainly playing a role in his community, and it looks into this. Alison Janney is as good as you would expect yeah, from CJ good. from the West Wing. Mm-hmm. Uh, recent Academy Award nomination. I don't think she got it for I, Tonya, did she? But oh, I don't know. I think she may have won some something. Yeah. Because I've I can imagine her going up on stage and talking about it, but I don't think it was BAFTA, mm. but it may have been some of the other award ceremonies that were, were out. Mm. Ray Romano is in this. Do you know who Ray Romano is? I, I'm looking at you. He's I'm he's sure everybody loves him. Raymond. Okay. So if I show you a picture oh, of him, yeah, yeah. That is him. Yeah, yeah, playing the head of the executive board of the school. Mm-hmm. It's very it's a very Ray Romano performance, but he's he's perfectly fine in mm-hmm. it. Geraldine Vishwanatha, I'm probably butchered that name, but plays the reporter. I think she's a combined character of a number of of students, but she's the person who leads the investigation. I'll start with the good things about this. Uh Jackman is brilliant. Jenny is brilliant. All the cast are brilliant. Despite them being awful people, you enjoy spending time with them. There's loads of little roles in this that really work. So, for example, Alison Janney's son, who makes the big mistake, which certainly leads to the investigation coming through, is played by Jimmy Tatro, who played Dylan in the first series of American Vandal, which we really enjoyed. Oh, we loved American Vandal. Yeah. I, um, I recommended that to one of our mates the other day. Oh, yes. Yeah, who was looking for something to watch, and I was like, American Vandal is the way to go. Yeah, uh, yeah. So watch, watch American yeah, Vandal. Also watch American Vandal, everyone. Yeah. Uh, I mean, largely plays the same character, a okay. sort of witless person. It is, yeah, yeah, okay. And yeah, they are brilliant. The bad point about this is mm. the film is far more interested in Hugh Jackman and Alison Janney than it is any part of the investigation. Okay. I can understand why, because they are absolutely only on screen. They are the people on the poster, and they are the people that, if you watch this film, they are what you've come for. But you... The, there is a card at the end, you know, where they say, this is what happened to people, yeah. this is what happened to people, yeah. this is what happened to people. And the girl who does the reporting gets one line, and that's it. Oh, that's a shame. And then, you know, you can kind of look her up, and she has mm-hmm. had an interest... She's made a career. She's not gone into journalism, but she's gone into certain, you know, high higher stuff. Uh, certainly the person who lead led that she mostly based off um i found a linkedin and i'd look through that mm-hmm. she's got linkedin gold so she probably knows who i am now and yeah, but i imagine I imagine yeah i imagine lots of people have looked her up yeah. so yeah as such it becomes more of a sort of equivalent of mad men where the plot kind of takes a second nature it is just a case of these people are stealing this money and stuff happens to them but mm-hmm. watch what they do while it happens right um, so you wanted a little bit more of the investigative journalism absolutely absolutely you see the girl go down into the archives and the standard thing of her looking through a piece of paper and probably there's probably a montage of her highlighting bits mm. of paper and stuff like so you, that. a bit more detail yeah so it's a bit more throwaway. it's more of a character piece it and not absolutely is a character piece okay but this is a really really good entertaining mm. thing and like i say it's there on sky movies and i think yeah. a lot of people with sky movies will have missed it because it was just thrown Absolutely. out halfway through I'd the week. Never heard of this, so I hadn't even seen it when I've been scrolling through like the Sky Movie, the Sky Premiere. No, it's been all. buried. It's been buried. Yeah. If you search for bad education, like Jack Whitehall comes and up given, first. It's got Jackman, who, as you you know, you've said, yeah. his star is shining bright for so many reasons. Mm. You would have thought this would have been pushed a bit more, particularly given lockdown, COVID. You know, absolutely. Um, so that's fascinating. So that's another recommendation for this week. It's a good week. Definitely, definitely. Date we, night. We no. 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 Oh. We have watched something together. 
Oh, we have. Sorry. Yes. Not date night yet. <laughs> <Careful. laughs> we're going to go back to a show that we talked about. Was it two episodes ago? Yes. Yeah? Yeah. Was it, or was it last episode? I'm no, I think remember. it's two episodes was ago. Was it two episodes ago? Um, so we're going to return just briefly to There She Goes. Because we finished it this week. We did. We rattled through it and finished all the episodes this week. Mm. And we wanted just to sort of round it off. First of all, just an addendum, we were scratching our heads as to why BBC hadn't put the first series on the iPlayer. We have since found out that it is now the first player, first series is streaming on BritBox, mm. which is kind of annoying. I don't understand why anyone would get BritBox, because it seems like it's ITV3, the, the, the streaming service. I'm, I'm really like about it because we have nearly all the streaming services right yeah. we've even got disney plus mm. which you know i know we're going to dip in and out of but yes. it's another expense it's another thing to have on mm. and not to be political but like pay our tv license and i know the tv license goes towards a number of things it doesn't just go towards this one show that we really like yes. and want to see but Sometimes you just want to like go back and watch something, and now I'm going to have to pay another service to go and see it. And I found this recently. I'm, I think it's got on my wick a bit more this week because slight sidestep. I've been watching Broadchurch series one of Broadchurch while I've been sort of doing things with Blake, where I've yeah. been feeding him, when I've been sorting out, and it's become. I put it on in the background just because I couldn't find anything else to watch, which didn't need me to use my brain. Yeah. And I thought, oh, I'll just stick it on and it can play in the background and I'll probably not even notice it. And I ended up getting really into it and watching <laughs> a couple of episodes back to back. And then it was it, it was on every week, so then it was sort of slowing down. The you know, the the box was catching up and I was yeah. getting to episode seven and episode you know. And then I've got to the last episode and I've now got to wait until next week because it's not on anywhere else. It's clearly been on the ITV player for years yeah. because there's three series of it. And I bet you a couple of weeks ago I could have just gone on and watched all three series. But now, again, I'm absolutely convinced this is going to be a BritBox, isn't it? So Almost to watch certainly. these old, old, in inverted commas, shows you've got to pay again to to see it and i i just i just don't know where we're going to go with all of this is just everything going to be a streaming service i can't see why anyone would get britbox i don't think there is an i don't think someone would pay me 6 pounds to watch old stuff mm. and i see that they're doing sort of original stuff but is it going to be as good? I mean, no one I've ever heard looks at the Apple streaming stuff. Mm-hmm. I've never heard anyone yeah, talk about any about of the Apple a shows. Ago, yeah, we talked about didn't we? How we just weren't hearing anything about mm. it. I don't know whether the market's just totally saturated, but I can understand why, because even I was thinking, I just want to see the last episode. I just wanted to... I've seen it loads of times, but when you, when you haven't got anything else on or when it's your one little thing that you enjoy during the day, like, oh, that sounded really sad. You know, but you're, like your one little treat it's a bit like a bit of cake for me but you know I do my jobs I do all the bits and pieces I log in here and I change this here and I do this there and then I just want 45 minutes with David Tennant and Olivia Coleman as my little yeah exactly just my little treat do you know what I mean and then I can't watch the next episode because it's off on some streaming service anyway I'm gonna stop ranting now 
there was part of me that was like, I'll just pay. I'll just, and then I was like, no, no, I will not just pay. <laughs> That's ridiculous. You can get a 30 day free trial. Okay. But oh, I wish so I'd known that. Use that to watch yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> There She Goes. <laughs> yeah, use that to watch There She Goes. Don't worry about Broadchurch. Stop <laughs> thinking about Broadchurch, and I will as well, because that's probably going to be good for my health. <laughs> um, but yeah, There She Goes Series 1, you'll probably get on Brickbox, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, we finished series. Going back to the point, we, we finished Series 2. Yeah. Um, and I mean, speaking for myself, it's just wonderful. It's just amazing. It makes me cry. It makes me laugh. I have loads of times where I like clutch my chest and I turn to you yes. in like that recognition of, oh my God, they're putting things on the telly that actually like reflects everything we've gone through. Yeah. I mean, I think this, this talks to us so much, partly because I think you can draw direct lines between me and David Tennant and you and Jessica Hines. Totally. She's even an academic. Yeah. Like, you know when you you watch it and you go, oh yeah, that's yeah. And when he's playing on his phone while she's talking to him, I do kind of slump into my chair, going, "You're gonna say that about me?" And I'm yeah. Going, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, "I'll be all right," which yeah. is what I, the role I play in this relationship. Exactly. Whereas yeah. I'm sort of there's the scenes in it where she's got lists of everything. She's got all the medication. She's got mm. all of the. She knows it exactly, and she's she's really working with Rosie with with all of her equipment yeah. and like trying to get everyone else on board. Mm. Whereas everyone else would just sort of play with it naturally and play with the different toys and things like that. But I mean, there was there's an episode where they have a meeting with their with all their healthcare providers mm. in a room, mm-hmm. and it was just identical to the one that we had four months four months ago the thing which speaks to me is um we've had a couple of friends come round recently and whenever they come round, they spot things that blake's doing that we just completely miss and that's what happens to them all the time people they will go to walking school and like oh yeah rosie did this today and our friends will come round and go oh look he's he's looking for you you know is he is he (laughs) oh yeah you're looking look he's putting his hand out for that Never done that before. Yeah, no. never done it before. Or yeah. we've not noticed it. Oh, it's yeah. more accurate. <laughs> well, yeah, like, you know, you're like, oh god, I'm, maybe I'm, I'm missing all this stuff that my child is doing. But and it's exactly the same with this. Yeah. Thing. And I did say to you when he goes to school, when he when he interacts with with other um, organisations, mm. we are bound to get that thing where they, you know. <laughs> So Blake's done X, Y, and Z today, and it's probably been something we've been working on for about eight months yeah. that he just won't do with yeah. us. And then one day he'll just do it for them. So, Absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot of that. And the the language, I really appreciate the language that they use. So it's so true to life. You can tell this is written by people who have been through exactly the, 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 same, um, the same thing. Mm. Because there's one point where Jessica Hines just lists all of the healthcare medical providers that she has to interact with on a weekly basis. Mm. And it's OT, physio, speech and language therapy, portage. You, you, yeah. you could, I could go on. And I was ticking every single one off, mm. every single one, and adding a few extra in as well. And that's, it's so true to life. It's so authentic. This really deserves to be seen. Mm. Um, like like so much that we've talked about this, yeah. this week. It is... I think it speaks to us, but I, I would hope it would speak to any, just anybody, anybody who, yeah. anyone who, who, who has, um, 
like family dynamics as yeah. well of like the um, there's the grandparents and they're all such different characters and they all deal with their different grandchildren in yeah. different ways mm. or just dealing with this there's Jessica Hines's dad who Rosie absolutely loves and has a picture of him on the wall yes clearly just can't cope with it just and doesn't it doesn't really bother with any of the children at yeah. all so he, he just sits there going and every now and again he goes oh my you know and should, yeah. should we just um should we just take her for some pizza or she just wants a quiet life and to get in it's so true to life, isn't it? Of like just how different people just deal with different people, the different relationships. Who is the guy who plays that granddad? It's, it's Neil Planer. Neil from The Young Ones. Yeah, it's Neil from yeah. He's, he's brilliant. But all of them are. And th- mm. something that we didn't talk about last time was we talked about David Tennant and Jessica Hines yes. um, quite a lot because I think we really they, they they really resonate with us i think we can see ourselves in them quite a lot like you say absolutely but the the characters around them the the mum the dad the grandparents the stepdad you know mm. all of the and i think um gregor fisher repsy nesbitt turns up yes um for one episode in this as well mm. and there's some brilliant acting going on by all of the people around them the supporting characters chris the next door neighbor oh he's brilliant this is yeah yeah i think i can't we've... go on about this enough i can't find anything negative to say about this show can you yes oh what they oh, use the sixpence on the richard version of there she goes oh, in the right. in the credits yes yes well we'll not go over that again <laughs> but yeah that is literally yeah. that is literally the problem mm-hmm. but yeah um please go and watch this so that they make more yeah i felt that the series came to a conclusion and in a way that if they didn't get another series, there was an ending. Yes. But I would love to just watch this family grow and mm. what and watch them throughout all the, the years to come. Absolutely. Um, I think it would really help us, to be yeah. honest with you. Um, so that's a selfish thing. But it's such a beautiful, it's such a beautiful show. And again, just going back to what we talked about last time, we need more of this. We need more diversity on our TV. We need these stories out there because yeah. these are hidden stories. We know that from our own experience. There are the silence around disability. Mm. It is hidden. It is not talked about. People don't know what to say. And um, people say in inverted commas the wrong thing, and there's not really a wrong thing to 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 say. Sometimes you just need to have the conversation with people mm. and say, you know. It, it we just need to have more of these experiences on our TV. Yeah, absolutely. Here, here. Date night. Now it's date night. <laughs> Although before we go ahead, can I just spoil your night? Why? We've got all the episodes of Broadchurch season one on the Plex box. You are joking. <laughs> I just realised we're having How? that conversation. How have we got it? Because I bought it from a mum and I ripped it before I, <laughs> before I <laughs> gave it to them. You look a bit worried. You're laughing in a nervous way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, good. So I can watch the final episode then. Yeah. Yeah, you can. Tomorrow. I'll, that's when I'll get up early doors. <laughs> Work the plague box. Oh, yeah. I can't. You'll have to do it. I'm not doing it. Okay. You can work it out. <sighs> right. <laughs> Date, Date night. night. Stargate. Stargate. I'm moderately excited about this. Oh, are you? Because I thought you might be a bit, like, just not bothered because it's sort of sci-fi, fantasy. You've seen a bit of it as well, like we talked about last week. You've seen the first five minutes. 
but without the subtitles. Yeah, didn't have no, didn't yeah. know what was going on. Yeah. Yeah, but sci-fi and fantasy. That's. I'm not, um, I know. I know. I just don't know if it's going to be the right one for you. Okay. The right, well, the right type, but we'll find out. But we'll find out in two seconds if you listen to it, <laughs> or thirty seconds if when you as you play the trailer. Um, we'll find out in a couple of hours. It has been buried for thousands of years. A mystery. A secret. A threshold to the future. Where'd you find this? I've, I've never seen anything like this. One man will break the code and open the door. Well, this should read Stargate. That was in front of us the whole time. The other will lead the way. Why are you here? I'm here in case you succeed. Jackson's identified the seventh symbol. Back at storage, reserve power, on. What is that? It's your Stargate. We've opened a doorway to a world we know nothing about. The beam has locked itself onto a point somewhere in the Kalium galaxy. It's on the other side of the known universe. Your turn now. They prepared for danger. Begin final evacuation. They expected the unknown. Stabilizing system. Initiating commencement sequence. But they could never have imagined this. shoot anything that comes down that ramp. Your job here is to realign the Stargate. Can you do that or not? I can't. What the hell is going on? My orders were simple. Track down signs of any possible danger. Well, I found some. I can't make it work without the seven symbol. Seven minutes. Now, the most amazing discovery of our time. Jackson, wait for me. Is about to become the most extraordinary adventure of all time. Kurt Russell, James Spader, Jay Davidson. Stargate. A Roland Emmerich film. Effects have come a long way since 1994, haven't they? Yes. I I would say that the 90s were a seminal time in effects. Because this is after Jurassic Park. Yes. And yet, the Stargate effects very often look like a Windows 95 screensaver. Yeah, they really do, don't they? Because (laughs) of the the sand and... Yeah, and the the liquidity of the things. Of the actual Stargate itself. Like, put your finger in it and it's, ooh, it's a bit gloopy. Yeah. Yeah, good. So, Stargate. Stargate. 1994. 1994. Spoilers. Yes, spoilers for... The film from the another film from the nineties. Yes, doing a lot of nineties films. I think I'm putting them in there quite a bit. Yes. Oh, never mind. I think we might need to talk a little bit about our audiovisual issues. Oh God, we are. So I think we covered last week that when we first tried to watch this, which was probably about a year ago, mm. um, it was through like one of those movie services that you get with Amazon. Mm. 
so like like MGM movies or whatever. Well, it must be MGM because we've just seen Lion Roar. Um, and when we, so I think we got a free trial for that. And then when we started watching it, there was absolutely no subtitles whatsoever. Nope. And it, the first scene is, I'm presuming he's French or something like that. There's, it's a scene from 1928. Yeah, and could there's be, yeah. A, an archaeologist mm. and his daughter going, a, a bit like Indiana Jones, actually, where they go to a site and something's discovered in the site. That's something being the Stargate. Mm. But they're speaking in a different language. And so you need the subtitles and the subtitles are normally there. And I was saying to you, no, no, it's not that we're not meant to know what he's saying. We are meant to know. And the subtitles are meant to be there. And yeah. they just weren't. So we cancelled that. Cancelled mm. our trial subscription to MGM movies, whatever. Mm. And then today we watched it. And for some reason... So this was on Film 4 last month. Um, and you tipped it at the time. And I wondered whether this would become a <laughs> date night film at that point. Um, but... When we started watching it, the sound was so messed up. Um, the music and the yeah. score, great. But even though, I mean, normally we listen to telly around about in the 20s, the yeah. volumes in the 20s, and we were up at 42. But you couldn't hear what people were saying. It was like they were completely muffled. Yeah. And James Spader speaks so softly as well. Mm. He, he doesn't enunciate. As does the old woman. Yes, yes. Uh, the, the young woman at the beginning who becomes the old woman who, who talks to... James Spader's Doctor Jackson. Mm. You just you just couldn't work it out, and you could you could kind of you could kind of get it if they were at looking at the screen, mm. and you could watch the lips. But if they they were turned away, their back was or they were off camera. Yes, you really couldn't mm. make out what they were saying and the nuance of what they were saying. So mm. we got quite a way through until we sort of stopped it for like a loo break or something. And you looked it up, didn't you? You looked up on so Twitter. I searched on Twitter and everyone was complaining about this. Um, Film 4 apparently is notorious for this. So I played about with the settings and it was a bit better. Was better and we yeah. put subtitles on. Yes. Uh, which is a little bit annoying to have to do that. But yeah, I don't, I don't think it spoiled my enjoyment of the film. No, it didn't mine either because I thought, oh, well, at least we know what's, yeah. what's going on. And we do use subtitles quite a lot, actually, yeah. in, the, yeah. in telly, especially with a small... A small person who makes a lot of noise, yes. you do have to put them on quite a lot. We yeah, it's your fault, them. isn't it? Um. <laughs> so, shall we? Basic premise of Stargate before we get into what you think of it. Yes. So James Spader is an academic. It's another, another, another academic there. Also, one that gets laughed at at conferences. <laughs> <laughs> like myself, feel a bit of an affinity with James Spader, but he's saying that all we know about. Egyptian history is wrong. He doesn't think that the pyramids were made by the Egyptians, but he can't say who they were made by. Mm. So he's he's sort of this quirky... Um, I don't think he's a professor. I think he's a, a quirky doctor who we find out he's been evicted from his flat. All of his grants have been, um, yeah. been stopped, so he's penniless. Um, and then he is found by an, uh, the the old lady. Yes. Just in inverted commas, that she's just an old lady who we saw in nineteen in the flashback to 1928 was a young girl. We don't really get any other backstory other than her dad was the man who found the Stargate. Yes. Which we said at the time, that's not entirely true because he's just the bloke in the Panama hat that walks up to the Stargate being unveiled and there's all these other workers there. Like, the other workers found the Stargate, not him. But anyway, 
you know, yeah, but point. you know, like he has people working for him, and it yeah. is his. It, like he, he he didn't put any sort of trowels in the sand. Alan though, Grant he? might not have dusted off the actual bones in Jurassic Park, but he but... was. You see him doing that. He's there with Ellie, and you know they're getting into the. They love going in the dirt and the sand. That is not the biggest problem with this film. Yeah, I realise that, Mark. Anyway, so old woman says, "Come along, James Spader. I've got something to show you." It's a Stargate, or as they are calling it at the time, a doorway to heaven, yes. because they haven't they haven't translated the hieroglyphics properly, and they've been trying to do it for two years. And James Spader walks in, and he does it in fourteen days. Yeah, but he just kind of no, no, no. They've been no, not in fourteen. Oh, yes, it is. Sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah. But he comes up and changes some some words like yeah. slightly, and everyone yeah. goes, "Wow!" It's like yeah. no, it means the same thing as it always did. <laughs> Yeah, it actually, when you read it, it's like it has no bearing on the actual film no. that he changed some of the words. Yeah. It's like he got his little thesaurus out and went, "Oh, doorway to heaven." And actually, I I quite like Stargate. Yeah. And then of course you get him writing Stargate on a blackboard in close up. Yeah. Yeah. So film title, there we are. And he gets Stargate to work, and you're going to the other other side of the galaxy. No universe. Universe. You go to the other side of the universe. Uh, where there's a pyramid and there are um, many people there who were under the authority of Ra, who turns out to be an alien, who is keeping, who is mining, making the mine for minerals that keep him alive. Yes. James Spader and we haven't mentioned Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell is some sort of general or colonel or someone. Kurt Russell is a tortured soul. Yes. We can tell that by when we first meet him, he is stroking a pistol while looking at a picture of his dead child. And he has long hair at yes. that point. But then later on, he has a haircut. He has an amazing hair. flat top. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it's really good. Do you know what a flat topper is? Yeah, like it's completely do like... You, yeah, but do you know what the flat topper is? Because he's used a flat topper. So it's a, a comb you got in barbers in like the late 80s, early 90s to like measure just how flat your hair was. And it's got a little spirit level in. Ooh. Hang on, I'm going to find a picture. Because ev- everyone who went to barbers in the late, ni- late 80s, early 90s will have seen one of these. Were you tempted to have one yourself? Uh, no, my hair's too thin for a flat yeah, topper. Yeah, you would have to have quite thick to keep the hair standing up. There you go. Oh, Wow. Wow, so the comb goes right through your hair to hold, yeah. like to sort of make and it... And then there's a spirit and... level to make sure it's perfectly wow. flat. I think that, that happened quite a lot on this film. So, yeah, Kurt Russell's there as well. Tortured soul Kurt Russell. And the rest of the film is them essentially fighting against... Getting the villagers that they meet yeah. to fight back against Ra and find their way home. Yes. So they go back through the Stargate again. Mm. And that's, that's essentially it. Yeah. That is the film. Right then. <laughs> Come on, give me your worst. You were finding this film very funny. One of the main reasons you were finding this film funny was that you were taking the opportunity to shout out loud some of the options available to teams playing on the BBC quiz Only Connect, <laughs> which has hieroglyphics and its options. So you can say, I'll have the Eye of Horus, please, Victoria. Yep. And the Eye of Horus, or the Eye, Eye of Ra, as it is in this. Um, plays a big part mm. so yeah yeah, that was always yeah. funny so you at one point were just shouting two reads two reads and yeah. I was like I can't I can't, the work lion. Out, can't work out where this is coming from and I had to like say to you what what is that from like what film is it from uh, it's from Only Connect yeah. yeah yeah fantastic quiz show 
So oh, come on then. So there's a lot of people in here that I like in other things. Mm. So Richard Kind Kind turns up. Mm. Yeah, at the you beginning, know, yeah. he's the one that can't translate the hieroglyphics in yes. two years. And do you know where where else we've seen him on date night? Oh no. He provides the voice of Bing Bong. Oh oh Bing Bong. Yes. Oh. Oh, I hate Bing Bong, but I love him at the same time. I've got such mixed feelings about Bing Bong. <laughs> From the four-star classic, Inside Out. Let it go. No. Let it go. No. Let it go. Anyway, Richard, Richard is not in it for very long. No, he's not, cause because he just disappears. Well, he's, mm. he's a rubbish academic, that's why. James has come in and gone, you can't translate properly. Bye. Yeah, okay. Okay, so he's in it for a short period of time. So the dad from Heroes? The dad from Heroes? Yeah, so when they go through the Stargate, they find some miners. Yes, like villagers. M I N E R S. Oh right, okay. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. So they've been made. They they are essentially. Well, we find out later on in the film that they were transported by Ra yeah. from Earth, like a long time ago, mm. to mine. So they're essentially, mm. I would say, Egyptians. I want to say, yeah. from many many years ago. And the oldest one of them, who is like kind of the leader of them, yeah, 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 played the dad in Heroes. The yes, dad of who though? So not horn rimmed glasses, obviously, because that's what no. I think of when I think of the dad in Heroes. So I can't remember any of the characters' names in the in, no, in me, this. No, Milo. So, right, what's his face? Is in it? We know thingy Patinier is in it. But there was a really bland um, Indian professor. Okay. Who. Was that kind of like oh, yeah, up front and centre? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his dad had written a book on superpowered people in the first season. That's like a plot point. Let me find it. Let me find them. No. I have to say, Mark, I don't think this is the most important thing about the film that we need to talk about. <sighs> I know you just want to find him now. Yes, you can edit this out. I'm going to. Right. Okay. Um. So, cast wise, mm-hmm. who's the woman? Who's the love interest that's in this? Oh, she's an unknown. So yeah, James Spader get like typically gets a love interest. One of the villagers who is first offered to him as some kind of prize to yeah. begin with. Waterworld. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's really like that, isn't it? Yeah. Um. She's called Showery in the film, but she's not been in anything else really of note. She's done a couple of Law and Orders quite a bit of tv i looked her up while we were watching the film to see where, what else she'd been in but yeah bits and pieces nothing nothing major nothing... i recognize her from something and i can't okay. work out what it is clearly i haven't don't recognize her from anything she just looks like someone else the cast are all fine i mean like fine i need to talk about jay davidson okay so let's talk about him then so yes. jay davidson plays Raw. I think we need to explain who Jay Davidson is. Because mm-hmm, he gets the and in the credits. Yes. It's James Spader, Kurt Russell, a lot of other people, and then mm. you get and Jay Davidson. So yeah, go for it. Jay Davidson is the the trans lady from The Crying Game. Yeah, which I haven't seen, but I know that it's had a lot of... People have looked at it in a different light of late. But everyone knows the that twist in The reveal. Crying Game. Yeah, yeah, that is a yeah, reveal. yeah. 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 And I remember watching The Crying Game and thinking, who is this? Because in the film, um, it's played by someone who identifies as male. He really couldn't act in that film. Okay. So I went through this and kind of went and what uh, looked at him. And he, I think he has two, cred- two acting credits to his name, which is The Crying Game and Stargate. Oh, really? 
really? Yeah. So do you think that he, because he gets the and, because again, I don't know him. I only know him from this. Okay. And because he gets the and, I was thinking he'd been in absolutely loads of things. But do you think he was just in the crying game, got a name for being in the crying game, and then... So I, so I know exactly what happened. Okay, go on. So they offered him the job. He had no interest in acting again. Mm-hmm. They offered him the job uh, for Stargate based on the character that they'd written. He didn't want to do it, so I said, well, if you give me a million dollars, I'll do it. And they said, okay. Interesting. The only thing I know about Jay Davidson in this, I don't know like the backstory to it, but I know that they wanted him originally to have like a bare chest. Mm. But you... When you're watching it, once you know, you know, you know when you're, you're seeing it, he has like these breastplates that go right up to just his nipple. And that was because he refused to take his nipple rings out. Oh. So they had to cover him, just, but just, just to the nipple <laughs> level. So it looks a bit weird because he hasn't got like the battle armor all the way up to his neck. It's just kind of sitting at the nipple level. Mm. Um, so once you kind of know, you can't help but see it. Jay Davison isn't a good actor. I really like him in this. <laughs> no. I think because he's really, like, he's so otherworldly. He, he moves in this really interesting way. He's quite snake-like and chameleon. It's, I think he's really interesting. I don't think he needs to act in this. I think he, he's playing an otherworldly character. He's not speaking um, a language that we know. It's like a, it's a made-up alien language. Most of the time, his eyes are glowing. At, but I think he's a really interesting presence here. I find him quite scary. Okay. <laughs> is it just me? Yes. He is the least scary baddie I've ever seen. Oh, I find him really quite freaky. I mean, like, that's ooh. not his voice. Is, oh, is it not? It, well, I'm assuming not. Okay. It's not his voice in the crying game. So okay. it's somewhere different from that. Okay. And it looks like it's Do you dubbed think it's on. been like, modulated as yeah, well? Yeah, or dubbed the, yeah. with someone else's mm-hmm, voice. Mm-hmm. The wor- so one of the worst baddies I've seen in a while. Oh, is, that is so weird. Because I just think he's really... I think he's one of the best things in it. When it's a different baddie, and that mm. that, that might say something to you. Mm. But for me, I didn't enjoy it. But he's not okay. in it very much. His guards do come out and play. They are the the dangerous factor in mm. most of the se- most yeah, of the fight scenes and stuff not, like that. Um, he's not, apart from burning people's brains at the end, yeah. with, his, with his force powers from his yes. hands, he's a bit mum-raw. He, he doesn't really do much but glide mm. around. Maybe that's why I like him. I like I like all his costumes. I love his, his costuming. is absolutely amazing. Sometimes there's like bull's horns coming out behind him and the sun, like sun god Ra, obviously. And every time we see him, he's in a different costume. Maybe that's why. I like it. So to the themes in this, mm. of all the crazy conspiracy theories, I find ancient aliens building the pyramids mm. one of the most interesting, if I fully acknowledge, absolute bullshit, like all other, like most other conspiracy How theories. Know? How do you know? Well, I don't. But we don't know, do we? It's mm. pro- they probably didn't. Why haven't they been back? They might have been. They might be hiding in plain sight. Oh, no. No, I'm not going to go down there. Don't worry. <laughs> You know, I love a conspiracy. I'm making out your conspiracy views. <laughs> I do love a conspiracy theory. They're not my views. I just quite like thinking about them. I, I quite like things that are slightly off from the norm. Some um, of them are your views. No, they're not. <laughs> I just, sometimes I can't get my head around things. So, um, you're, I know what you're thinking about. I know you're thinking, I need to say this because people will be thinking the wrong things. But I have, <laughs> no. yeah, I have a slight, not an issue, but... I can't get my head around the fact that dinosaurs existed. 
I didn't think we would be going down this, but I just want to put the record straight because there are so many conspiracy theories out there mm. that, that could be misconstrued. I don't want people to think wrongly of my thoughts. But dinosaurs, I have got a slight thing with that I just cannot imagine them existing. And therefore, sometimes when you talk about dinosaurs, I will say things like, well, how do we know that they were here? And you will point out all the paleontology and I'll still go, "Mm, yeah, but... So anyway. And then we went and saw a dinosaur. Yes. (laughs) Not a real one, because, you know. Well, it was. It was the... Yes, it was a bone... What what was purported to be the bone of a dinosaur, but how do we know? This is the shit I have to put up with. Yes, I know. But it, you said, hmm, yeah, you might have a point. Yeah, you know. So how do you explain your views on flat earth then? Oh, will you stop it? I do <laughs> not, I am not a flat earther. Can I just make this abundantly clear that I am not a flat earther? It's just something that Mark likes to, to say to me in jest. Moon landings. Stop it. <laughs> Anyway, can we get back to the film, please? Yes. Not just winding me up. Yeah. Where were we? I can't even... Right, so... Yeah. Aliens building... So, the... aliens building pyramids, yeah. I find really interesting, if absolute hokum, and yeah. So, I was on a good start there. Mm-hmm. This film absolutely doesn't stick around. They meet the Stargate, and then, within five minutes, James Spader is working on his computer that's connected to it somehow. Yeah. Um, it's a 90s, selecting, computers. Selecting, yeah, Roland Emmerich. Mm, um, yeah. Lusses computers. Lusses computers connected into completely un, um, unrelated <laughs> technology. Yeah. Created by aliens. Yeah. Up until the Stargate. No one thinks anything more of it. Just wander through. Yeah. Send a robot through first. Send the robot. Johnny Five. Fine. Yeah. yeah. I'm not really sure how the robot communicated back, but it sent pictures. I mean, that was quick, wasn't it? <laughs> From the other side of the universe. Yeah, and yeah. So then they go through. I don't really know what to say about this film because it just sort of plods along. Yeah. They meet some villagers. That we have that little like. It's like a meet cute, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I say something like in sign, like sort of. Um, sign language of some mm, kind yeah and you say something back and then we come to a understanding and i give you some food and you give me some food and then within five minutes james spader is fluent in this language exactly i mean it took amy adams a full film to work out the aliens <laughs> in uh, arrival so yeah <laughs> a big win for uh james spader <laughs> So yeah, I think it, it is difficult to have like sort of an in-depth discussion about Stargate, but I think about the detail of the film itself, mm. because once you've sort of said the plot, you've said the plot. But I think the interesting thing is what's around it and what's happened to the, the, the Stargate franchise subsequently. This was Roland Emmerich's big break. Yes. This, um, this film was absolutely panned when it came out in the cinema. It's one of the Roger Ebert's, one of his one-star films. And it remained on his list of the worst films ever. Um, so, you know, he, ju- he just said, I cannot believe this was even made. It's, it's clunky. It's full of cliche. I mean, I totally agree. Yes. But, you know, as a, as a younger person, I was like 13 when this came out. I thought this was brilliant. You know, I re- it really ticked all the boxes for me. But it did brilliantly at the box office. This was $200 million dollars at the international box office okay. it it was one of the i think it was the at the time it was the biggest um grossing film 
to open in an October weekend. So it's not opening in summer. It's not a big blockbuster. It's in an October. You know, we're not even getting to Christmas. October weekend. I mean, there's some caveats there, isn't there? Yeah, I know. But it did so much better than what they anticipated. Okay, yeah. So that really bolstered Roland Emmerich's career. Mm. And of course, the next film that he did was... Independence Day. Independence Day. And you can see the threads of Independence Day in this film. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You have the geeky scientist. You have the the score in this is very... Well, it's David Arnold. And I can see David Arnold... um, Would this be before GoldenEye? GoldenEye was... GoldenEye 95? Yeah, he is auditioning for GoldenEye in this. Well, yeah, because that's the other story that I was going to tell you as well, is this was David Arnold's big break. So, yeah, of course it is, before GoldenEye. Um, He was working in a video shop, you know, back in the day, um, in London, and he was approached to do this, and he decided this was it, he was going to go all out. And some of the quotes that I've read about it was, there's a, um, a particular scene where James Spader is going through the Stargate for the first time and all the other people in the team are going through with fear and trepidation on their face as they, they step through the gloop to mm. go to this other side of the universe. But James Spader looks at it and he smiles and he puts his hands into the Stargate and it, the, it sort of makes these beautiful circles in this watery surface that you've got there and he's just smiling and he's full of wonder and excitement and David Arnold said that's what he wanted the score to be he he based everything on that scene that it was going to be the most wondrous the most amazing feeling and the score soars throughout the whole of the film it's there's, it never really takes a negative turn. It's always just full of wonder. I mean, it's very... So I found myself singing You Only Live Twice with it. Mm-hmm. So there's, it's very... Which, yeah, yes. Which, of course, Bond, yeah. yeah. So you've got all the the sort of the, the links there as well. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there are plot points that we can point out are stupid. Like, Kurt Russell... So, if you cl- if you're demolishing a building, mm. do you reckon the person with the bomb just like waits until he thinks people will be out the building and then sets the timer going? And, yeah, but come on, it is. It, I think this is what Ebert's saying, isn't it? Cliche. Let's yeah. set the the timer on the bomb going so we know we've got, only got seven minutes to get out. I mean, it's seven long minutes. It really is. Like it goes away. There's four people fighting. Uh, we, you know, they all have a break. They all have a Kit Kat. Uh, come back. Thirty seconds have gone. And of course, at the end, they can't disable the bomb. Yeah. So they've got to find a way. Of, Flicks a switch. Yeah. Doesn't turn off. Oh no! They've 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 um, messed with it. I think he says at the mm. one point he just sort of covers it over by going, "Yeah, they've like messed with it." Yeah, messed with yeah. it so it can't be switched yeah. off. Yeah. That's it. The bastards. Yeah. Do you know what then happened with like the Stargate franchise? Oh, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Mm. So I know that there's Stargate Stargate SG One, mm-hmm, which was a TV show. And or one of them. Stargate Atlantis. Yeah, yeah, that was another one as well. Have you seen any of these? I can't. Yeah, I started watching them. They have the similar Stargate SG One have the same characters ish, but played by different people. Okay. So I think Kurt Russell. Do you, do you remember Richard Dean Anderson? As an, I know the as an name. Actor. Look him up and. Okay, right. Let's go. So I think you'll know him if when you see him. But he replaced the Kurt Russell character. Someone else replaced James Spader. They changed character names as well. So Kurt Russell's son in the film, the son who dies, is called Tyler. 
but in the TV show they called him Charlie. I don't know why these changes were Mm. made. And like the name of his wife was changed as well, so there's some weird changes. Oh, he's MacGyver. Oh, right, okay. I thought you would know him from something. I I mean, I don't know MacGyver. I know the references to MacGyver. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay, so... Oh, wow, the Stargate Continuum as well. Yeah, there were loads when I was looking it up before. There was just so many. What happens in these? I don't know. I think it's the same premise. You've got the Stargate, you go different places. I wonder whether it turns into like almost like a Star Trek, where every week you go to a different planet or you go to a different universe, and so maybe the, there's a the, the synopsis is, a secret military team, SG-1, is formed to explore other planets through the recently discovered Scar- Stargate. There you go. What, ran for 10 years? Mm, yeah, yeah, this is huge. There were books that came out. People want to go back to this. I think the idea is so good. People, like you say, you bought into it, didn't you? You know, going through the Stargate, seeing these new worlds. Yes. That sort of you, can, you can buy into that. But it's been so troubled. The I want to call it post-production, but it's not post-production. But Everything going on from this film and the TV series has been incredibly troubled. And that they've wanted to have been going back and doing... So, let me start again. They originally, Devlin, Dean Devlin and Ron Damrick, wanted this to be the first of a trilogy. Okay. And you can kind of see that, apart from the fact that they put the end at yes. the end of the film. It's kind of like, <laughs> okay. That they wanted to be part of a trilogy and they never got to do it. And I think they've just been hankering to get back to Stargate and get back to a film and do it again. So over the years, there have been loads of different times when Emmerich has said, oh yeah, we're going to go back to the Stargate, we're going to reboot it, or we're going to do a sequel. So Comic-Con 2006, I think he said something then. And then in Empire a couple of years ago, have you just laughed because I've said 2006? No. I thought you were laughing laughing because I said 2006. I mean, I, I would laugh at me saying 2006. I'm wondering where you got 2006 where, from. I don't know where that came from. But yeah, in a couple of years ago, for in an interview with Empire magazine, he said that he was definitely going to do it, but then it transpired later on that it was stuck and they couldn't get it off the ground. So I find it really interesting that this film from 1994, so much came from it, but they want to keep going back and they want to keep doing more and then they just it just doesn't happen for them. I mean, they've, they've done well to get, like, a 10-year TV series. Yeah. And, like, a load of books and a load of, yeah. I can't imagine this ever spinning off this many mm. franchises mm. and things like that. It just, I think it's got more of a story around it. There have been a number of lawsuits of people saying that they had come up with the concept and the concept had been stolen. There was one where one guy had said he'd come up with the, the, the whole idea but had called it like Egypt Escape or Egypt Scape or something like that. I can't remember what it was, but yeah, which doesn't quite have the same ring as Stargate. But yeah, there's more to say. Like if you look on Wikipedia, there's more to say around the film than there is about the film itself. Okay, and that's maybe interesting. that's why you're struggling to find things to say because it is a bit of a straightforward action. Well, it's not an action adventure; it's a sci-fi adventure, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and it's if we're going for Egyptian themologies mm. and sci-fi and overlords coming down using the pyramids as a mm. f- life force, it's better than X-Men Apocalypse. True. I mean, Jaws 3D is somewhat comparable. It's somewhat better than X Men Apocalypse. Mm, 
And I'm wondering, actually, it's really interesting you bring up Jaws 3D because I've, I've, my um, date night films have often been crap. <laughs> slightly dodgy, I was going to say, <laughs> slightly dodgy. Not necessarily like the art house films that you're, you're, or the beautiful Disney films. That are not Disney, Pixar, isn't it? Inside Out's Pixar. Same thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You know, you're really picking some some classics, and I'm going for things like this. Three Musketeers. So, so I'm wondering where you would place this. I was thinking, actually, do you? Because you were laughing at it so much, and every now and again you were checking your phone as well. So I wondered whether you would place. Oh, this I was checking phone. my phone about things for. To do with the film. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair so enough. That's... I wasn't having a go at you checking the phone. I you were a I bit. No, I wasn't. <laughs> I wa- no, genuinely, I wasn't. I was thinking, yeah, actually, it's, it's a long film as well. It's, it didn't feel long. Okay, all I right, don't think, okay. I think it sailed by, and okay. I think that that is a major compliment. So it was two hours ten. Because not all, not all things do that you have picked. It didn't feel like a two hours ten film. So where would you place it? I can understand where Roger Ebert hates this film. Mm. I didn't hate it, although I could if you catch me in a different mood. Mm. I'm tired. I've had a couple of beers and I think it's the perfect film for mm. being tired and having a couple of beers and just wanting something to watch before you go yeah, to bed. Yeah, it's like it's a weekend. If I was watching this on a Sunday morning when Blake was still in bed, I would be like, what the hell am I watching? I think it's better than Waterworld. Um, although I think I think the thing that things that impressed me about Waterworld um, were the worst things about this because Waterworld had a lot of practical effects, whereas this had very dodgy CGI. Yeah, and the action in this was not. Oh, the action was, in this yeah. is—it's not an action film. No, it's yeah. Um, the fight scenes are just crap. Yeah, but I enjoyed it. Good. I'm I think it. it's better. I think it's. I I'm struggling to think of a of a film I've enjoyed more that you've picked. Yeah, no, I think it's I think it's all right. I think I think it's a good film. Uh, no, it's not a good film. That's a total <laughs> lie. I think it's an entertaining film. But I would rank this a good sort of. Th- well, I enjoyed it enough to give it a three and a half stars. Wow, I didn't think you would. I would get the half. I thought you might just go for a solid three as a sort of a. It it is in all you know seriousness a date night film where there's I mean I want to say there's nothing offensive about it there's plenty offensive about I it I think this is kind but... of a B movie yeah yeah um and in an entertaining one I think there's like we said last week about exploitation films mm. I think there's roles for a B movie mm. I love uh, have you ever seen Tremors love Tremors yeah yeah it's it's very similar yes yeah, yeah. it's just there's a big gate that takes yeah. people to the side of the universe yeah and then there's a big alien who's played by a bit campy but with mm. a big deep voice mm-hmm. that wants to kill people yeah and blow up the earth yeah and yeah it's it's yeah. it's not far off Flash Gordon yes it's, yeah, yeah yeah great oh I'm pretty pleased hmm. <laughs> so so having said that I pick the as you say the campy trashy dodgy films for us to watch yeah it says a lot about me and you pick the artistic highbrow quality films what are we watching next week so we're watching a lot of cricket yes don't worry there are absolutely no films made about cricket i was just thinking i know we've watched documentaries about cricket the only film i can think of about cricket is called seducing dr lewis right and it's a french canadian film about an island that needs 
liked a doctor, and so they try and like win him over by pretending to play cricket, which is his favourite sport. Okay. Yeah, we're is not that, watching that. Is that your dream? Yeah, 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 yeah. We're not watching <laughs> that. But lockdown has created a lot of lockdown haircuts and a lot of headbands. I'm so confused. <laughs> Right, you'll have to speak slowly because I'm hearing all these things and they're all mushing up in my okay, mind. Okay, so in the right. cricket, yeah. a lot of players have got long hair because of the lockdown yes. and are having to wear headbands. They are, yes. And for that reason, we are watching First Blood. Oh, um, Rambo. Yes. So I, like, I've never seen any of the Rambos. Okay. Which you probably know, that's why you've picked it. Yeah. Right, so when, when did this come out? I think it's 1982. Okay, so we're going back to the 80s. Yes. Amazing. Let me just have a look. Yeah, nineteen eighty two. What do you know about it? Nothing. Nothing? Sylvester Stallone is Rambo. I don't know what Rambo does. I don't know where Rambo is. I want to say things, but I'm not sure they're right. And <laughs> Go I on. would be scared. Go to... on. No, no, like is he called John? Yeah. Right, he's called John. John Rambo. Yeah. And is he like a special forces? Does he get called to go into situations? We will see. Right. Mm. Is it problematic? Would Could people look at it in a problematic way? So I think there is a lot of debate to be had after this film. Right. That's Yeah, that's kind of where my mind's going. Mm. Yeah. Okay, yeah. right. I'll be interested to have a chat with you about that then. Okay. But I think this is a film that we can have a conversation about afterwards mm-hmm. for a lot of reasons. Right. Brilliant. Mm. I look forward to it. Yeah. It's Jimbo and Memorial Problematic Corner coming back out again. You might be surprised. <laughs> okay. Right, let's call it call it quits. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks, for everyone. I'm pretty sure that review of Stargate was quite incomprehensible at points. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably why. Right. A little bit like the film. Yeah, watch the film. You'll understand yeah. why. It's, it's a tribute <laughs> review. Thanks, everyone. See you later. See you later. Bye. Before you go, just a reminder that you can subscribe to the Honeymoon Period podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can join in the conversation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search for The Honeymoon Pod. Finally, if you like this episode and you think someone else would too, please share it. See you next time.